Hey sis, hey. Listen, welcome to Crown Green Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Mook Couture. As always, I give honor to God before I do anything. Because here at Crown Green, we give praise and we give honor to God. Because without him, none of this would be possible. So thank you, God. Amen. All right, y'all, before we go any further, we're going to get T-Bone to come out here and throw out a little disclaimer, you know, just to cover our faces, you know. T-Bone, you ready? What's up, Moo? Listen, folks, the primary purpose of Crown Green Podcast is to provide a platform for creators and guests, a safe space to express their personal views or opinions without restrictions or censorship. So, in other words, this is a judgment-free zone. Back to you, Moo. Hey, sis. Hey. Listen, it's your girl, Moo. And we have a very, very special guest for you on tonight. We have Miss Ebony Beanie Ford. Ebony is not only a D.C. native, but she is a, also a two-time NICU supermom. Okay? Two times, y'all. And so she is also a help survivor. She is a former, she has also formed, excuse me, a support group for other miracle mamas. She is a champion of the premature and the list goes on. But most of all, she is a God-fearing mama on a mission to spread awareness about infertility, pregnancy loss, and the gospel. So let's welcome Miss Ebony into the room. Hey, sis, hey. Hey, sis, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am wonderful. I cannot complain. Listen, I, my grandparents always say any day above the land is a good day. So I'm grateful right. to be here. So Absolutely. how's your week been going? How was your Father's Day weekend? Happy Father's Day to Mr. Ford. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, I love being able to give intentional gifts. Yeah. And um, I, I think my son, to be honest, out of all the things I could have given my husband, I think giving him a son yeah. was the best gift I could have given him. He just had a different glow about him this year. So we got him some gifts from the kids and took him out and he ate. And, you know, my husband's just really content. He's a homebody. Um, he was just he was just really happy. He was just That's glowing. Good. It was it was amazing. Well, happy Father's Day to Mr. Ford and to all of the fathers that are listening. This probably will air a little late, but I believe the Father's Day and Mother's Day and Grandparents' Day are every day. We should honor our mother and father every day. The Bible speaks of it because it says you honor them and your days will be lengthened. So happy Mother's Day, happy Father's Day, and all that was good old holidays to all of the parents out here. So, Miss Ebony, please tell us about how little Miss uh, Rain is doing and Prince Roman. Tell us about them because we've been following your journey here at the Crown Green Podcast and how are they doing? We see they're progressing. We see they're growing up beautifully. Baby girl just graduated. Tell us about how everything is going on with them. So Rain, um, I know we'll get into this later, but that's yes. my first miracle baby. Um, she is amazing at five. She's just so bright. Um, she, You can't be sad around her. Like She's just such a bright light. She's full of energy, full of love, and now she's you know, getting into being a big sister. She's kind of figuring that out and being helpful. Um, 
she she is amazing. Uh, my son, um, man, he's only been home a month. This week made a month. He's been home from the NICU, and he is just a cuddle bug. He's starting to smile, and um, he's he's amazing. He is just quite the angel. As long as you have his food ready when he's ready to eat. Um, if you don't, you'll see a whole other side. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, he's a little hangry, but other than that, Roman is, he's a dream come true. I am beyond blessed, uh, with both of my kids, um, because there was a time where I I thought this would happen for me, so I'm just so blessed to have him. So, let's go back. Let's take us back to the moment where you found out you were pregnant with baby girl. Take us back to that moment. How did you find out? So with my daughter, uh, we experienced several losses before my daughter, uh, four to be exact. And we just kind of given up on figuring out how family would happen for us. We, we just, we didn't know and we just chalked yeah. it up that maybe it just wasn't gonna happen. And so I, I just felt really odd um, a few days before I found out. I just felt like something was getting ready to happen. I, I couldn't really figure it out. That Sunday we went to church and uh, my pastor preached about miracles and, um, you know, being the one that God will use to, you know, birth miracles and produce miracles. And he did an altar call and I never really like do altar call. I never really go to the front. Um, But I went and I was just at the altar and I was just like, God, you've used me to pray for everybody else. Everybody Mm -hmm. that I know who was on this infertility journey or who's experienced pregnancy loss. All of them are on like their second, third child. And here me and my husband are mm-hmm. where everybody's godparents, but we don't have a child yet. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, we're going on year five of marriage. And this this is not getting any easier. Like, God, when is this going to happen for us? Like, yeah. I won't stop praying for, you know, everybody else who I know wants a child. I won't stop praying. But God, you got to come through for us, too. Like, I know you can. Will you? is yeah. what I want to know. And yeah. I walked away from the altar and I left it there. Next day I woke up sick as a dog. And my husband was just like, you okay, what's going on with you? And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what's up. We went to a haunted house and I noticed at the haunted house, I was really out of breath. I just, I was just off. And finally, after a few days of this, my husband was like, so you really going to say and act like you don't know that you're pregnant? I was like, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? He was like, I think you are. And I was like, nah, I no. Nah. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not going to get my hopes up because yeah. we had a lot of false starts. Mm-hmm. Like, times we thought we were pregnant, we weren't. And I'm just like, eh, I'm not getting my hopes up. Yeah. So, like, another week went by, and finally I was just like, okay, I got to do it. Um, I started feeling, like, really sharp, like, abdominal pain. I'm like, if I am pregnant, something's got to be wrong because... Yeah. Something's not right. So I went ahead, took the test, and before I could sit it down, the lines popped up. And I called mm-hmm. him at work, like, oh my God, look. And of course, he's screaming at work. We're both excited, but I had to kind of calm him down because I'm like, what? You know, I got this really sharp pain. Like, something's not right. Like, I need to go to the emergency room. So I went to the emergency room expecting the worst. Like, they're going to say it's an ectopic pregnancy. Right. I'm just expecting the worst. Got Two there. Anything. Yeah. Right. So I got there and they really couldn't find anything to, to cause the issue, but there was the sack. Sack was there, no baby in it yet. They couldn't see anything. 
but there was a sac there. So that put us on pins and needles. Like, okay, let's make sure this isn't a chemical pregnancy. There's so much that can go wrong at the beginning of a pregnancy. It's so nerve wracking. Like yeah. those first few weeks when you find out really early like that, um, you're just waiting to make sure like the baby forms, everything is good. And so two weeks went by, went to ultrasound and there was our baby, there was the heartbeat and we could finally breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. And even though we had experienced so much loss, the second I saw that heartbeat, there was a peace that I know came from nobody but God. Yeah. Everything was going to be okay and that it was going to be different this time. And different, different it was. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. I've been, you know, like I, I met you about maybe two years ago um, via Instagram. You know, I was telling you about my sister and everything that she's going through on her infertility journal, you know. And I just, my heart goes out to you guys and I salute you mothers and the fathers that go through this journey because I know it's a struggle of faith. So when you were going through this moment, how did you continue to trust God? And, you know, especially as you got further down into the pregnancy, like when you were, you know, take us to the moment where you had to really activate your faith when, you know, she was born, you know, and you guys had to deal with the premature the ICU, the NICU, like tell us about that and how did you activate your faith? Because I know that for me and my struggle with my health, I'm constantly trying to figure out how to activate my faith and keep it. So what did you do and how did you stay motivated and encouraged? So to be honest with you, the whole pregnancy, I was on pins and needles. Um, They didn't put me on bed rest or anything because the pregnancy was uneventful. It was healthy. It was great. Um, frequent appointments, but I was so fearful that I was going to lose this baby. Like, I didn't go anywhere. And we didn't tell a lot of people, just our immediate yeah. family. And we didn't even tell them until hmm, maybe close to 20 weeks. Um, so when we started telling like a few more people. And um, I just, I just, I, although I felt like my baby was going to be okay, I just had this gut feeling like something could go wrong. And so it was really a journey of faith every day to wake up and just believe I'm going to be okay. My baby's going to be be okay. Everything's going to be okay. I'm going to have my baby this time. At 25 weeks, um, I went into a regular appointment and um, my doctor this particular day had like an emergency C-section. So she Mm -hmm. wasn't there. I had to see someone I'd never seen before. And I went in, I was like a day shy of 26 weeks. And we went to a normal appointment, but I noticed that my blood pressure was a little higher than what it normally was. And I brought it up, and because the number wasn't a high number, you know, he just pretty much, like, dismissed it. You know, you're going into third trimester, you know, that's normal, whatever, whatever. Um, I also had some swelling in my feet, and again, you're fine, you know, that's part of pregnancy. You know, just everything was just a normal symptom is what he kept saying. But I knew that I had several risk factors. I have lupus, risk factor number one. At the time, I was much more overweight, risk factor number two. Being an African-American woman, risk factor number three. Um, So I knew, I knew just mainly because of the lupus, I knew that I had a a higher chance of having high blood pressure. And I didn't know a lot about preeclampsia, but I knew that it was high blood pressure in pregnancy. So that was the first thing that popped in my head when I saw my numbers. Um, But he was like, you know, you're on baby aspirin to prevent pre-claims. You're yeah. fine. Everything should be fine. So my husband is a gospel recording artist. And there is an award show that happens every year called the Stellar Awards. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so we were due to sing that weekend. It was in Las Vegas. I live in Washington, D.C. And so we were due to fly out just in like two days. So I said, you know, am I okay to travel? Am I good? He gave me tips. Walk the plane. Keep taking your medicine. You're fine. Okay. All right. Cool. So we pack up. We go to Las Vegas. First day. Great. Second day, I notice I'm having issues breathing. And... You know, I kind of chalk it up to like dry air. You know, it's really yeah. humid here in DC. It's dry air. So that's what I chalked it up to. But it started getting increasingly difficult, and it started happening like a lot quicker. And my feet were swelling like to the point where I couldn't fit in my shoes. My hands were swelling. I couldn't take my rings off. Taking a few steps would win me, and I just knew something was very wrong. So I sent a message through the health portal to my doctor and said, hey, I had an appointment the other day. You had an emergency. You weren't there. Um, this is what the doctor said. I'm out here in Vegas. This is what's wrong with me. Yeah. And she wrote me back and just said, hurry up and get home. Right. I'm here this weekend. I'm on call. Just come back. So we got the uh, quickest flight we could the next morning. And I got back. On the plane, I started having um, really bad abdominal pain. Mm-hmm. And I noticed my vision was kind of blurry. And it was spotty. Like, if I moved too fast, I was, like, seeing stars and spots. I fell asleep on the plane. And when I woke up, my vision was completely, like, gray. Like, black and white. Like, watching old TV, black and white. And I was like, okay, something's really not right. So, my husband and I got off, um, got up to get off the plane. And I couldn't even take the steps to get off. They ended Mm. up getting a wheelchair, wheeling me off, wheeling me out. We got our baggage. They wheeled me up to our car. Uh, we went and took our bags home, and then we went to the hospital. Got to the hospital, and I found out that my blood pressure was 262 over 154. Mm. Um, beyond a stroke level blood pressure. And yeah. so they rushed me in the back. I'm 26 weeks and five days at this point. They rushed me in the back, and they're like, oh, we're pretty sure you have preeclampsia. Uh, we're going to run some tests. We're going to give you medicine to get your pressure down. And everything they were doing to get my pressure down, my pressure just was not coming down to a healthy Mm. level. And so the doctor said, okay, well, we're going to keep you here in the hospital for the next six weeks. We're going to deliver you at 32 weeks. Uh, We think we can keep you pregnant until then. We're hopeful. We'll just keep giving you medicine. Everything will be fine. I wasn't happy, but whatever it takes to get this baby here for me to be fine, I'm good with that. Right. As soon as we get on the phone and start calling and telling our family, they come back in the room. The rest of my tests and x-rays and stuff, they come back. And he began explaining to me that I had fluid all around my lungs, which is why I couldn't breathe, fluid around my heart, because I was in kidney failure. I was in kidney failure. I was in liver failure. And I had something called HELP syndrome. I had never heard of it. Okay. So basically, it's the most severe form of preeclampsia, um, where your blood is not clotting. Um, your liver enzymes are high. Basically, your liver mm. is failing. Kidney failure. Um, you have seizures. There's so many things that can go wrong with HELP syndrome. And so they made the decision to deliver my daughter uh, emergency C-section. Uh, because of how sick I was, they uh, put me in an induced coma and intubated me before the C-section and delivered her. So um, at 26 weeks, my daughter was born weighing one pound, 15 ounces. Um, she was um, the tiniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Um, mm. I, I did not know a baby could survive that small, um, that many twos. I, I had no idea. 
Um, I didn't meet my daughter until she was two days old because I was in an induced coma all of that time yeah. to give my body time to heal. Um, they put me through dialysis, um, all kinds of things to jumpstart my liver um, because my liver was just having a hard time rebounding after the birth. Um, but by the grace of God, uh, by day two, I was feeling a lot better. My blood pressures were a bit more stable. They were able to take me down to labor and delivery and to meet my daughter. The picture you're looking at is the first time I met my daughter. She was two days old. Um, She had just um, suffered a lung collapse. And um, she had two more in like the first four days of life. Um, She was just really going through it. But I knew when I walked in the NICU and I looked at her, I knew that we named her right. While we were pregnant, or even before we were pregnant, and we were, you know, just asking God about this journey and what would happen. There was a scripture that stuck out to us, um, and it's in First Timothy. It says, "If you suffer with Him, you'll reign with Him." Mm, yeah. And that reigning part stuck out, and I knew that was her name. I mm. knew it was her name like instantly. And I said to my husband, "Like, what do you think about the name Rain?" Yeah. And he was just like, "That's it." That's it. And we knew we wanted her to have his initials. So we were like, okay, Rain. And his sister's name is Victoria. So we knew her name was Rain Victoria. But when I looked at her in the NICU, I said, oh, this little baby, you're going to reign. You're going to reign over all of this. And I know we're going to have the victory. So Rain Victoria is your name. That's your name. And from that day to this one, she has lived up to every bit of her name. She has defied so many odds. Um, even when I didn't have the faith to believe um, yeah. that she would, even through the darkest moments, being on oxygen uh, for three years, um, she got mm-hmm. COVID. Uh, we didn't know if she was going to live or die through pneumonia, through RSV, all kinds of stuff. She she's continued to reign. So she is definitely God's answer prayer to us. Um, she is a sign and a symbol to us that no matter what you're suffering through, you will rain. And um, yeah. Rain well, hello, little Miss Rain from the Crown Green Podcast family. We love you and congratulations on graduating. We cannot wait to be at your next graduation in high school, baby girl. We can't wait to see you off to high school and college because mm-hmm. we know that God can do it. And so we're looking forward to all of the highlighted moments that your mommy will be sharing with your aunties and uncles on social media and so we're proud for you baby so as we're continuing on we see that you have miracle mamas llc how was that birth when did you start that what was the i know that rain helped push that but tell us about that organization so in the middle of the pandemic in 2020 um by the time we hit the pandemic my daughter had just turned two we were home. She was on oxygen. Of course, like everybody else, we were home, scared, not knowing what to expect. And I met all of these amazing creamy moms on Instagram. A friend told me about the Clubhouse app, and I was like, okay, I'll check it out. I'll see what it's about. Yeah. And I found that it was a really easy medium just to be able to talk to people without the picture. You know, you don't have to mm-hmm. look like anything. It's just a strictly voice app. And so... At the height of the pandemic, I just was like, you know what, let me use this app. So I sent invites to some of my premium mom friends and just, hey, hey, y'all, let's come together at lunchtime. Let's chill. Let's talk. 
And we started gathering during the pandemic every day. We would get on Clubhouse. We would all share our sentiments about, you know, COVID. Those who got yeah. COVID, we would support them through it. And it literally became like a support group. Um, right. It was it was amazing. It grew from five of us moms to 100 to now 300 um, mm-hmm. members of our club now. Um, but it started as that support medium. And I realized I really wanted to further my work in an official capacity. So the moms there, like when their babies would end up in the hospital, I would send like gift cards or lunch or whatever. And I was like, I want to do this on a bigger scale. I want to do this more efficiently. And um, I told one of the miracle moms, like, you know, I need to do something bigger. I just don't know how. And I woke up one morning with a cash app from this mom and a text message. And she said, I have cash app you the money. Go file for your 501c3. Wow. Look at that. And I was like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. That's what I did. And that is how Miracle Mamas was formed. Um, And from there, you know, I sat down and I worked the vision. I wanted to be able to connect to moms who didn't just have preemies, but who had children who were medically fragile or disabled. Uh, Moms who had been through birth trauma. Maybe their journey wasn't ideal. Even the caretakers, because sometimes the grandparents or the fathers are raising these special children. And so we've been blessed to not only support those parents, but also advise hospitals on how yeah. they can be a blessing to those parents and help them situate their NICUs and support programs um, to share with doctors um, who went through medical school, you know, about treating people with birth trauma, um, especially black women. You know, we are yeah. three to four times more likely to die in childbirth. So being able to talk to them and train them on mm-hmm. how to care for the whole person is really what Miracle Mamas is about. And so we are now going on three years old and August will be three years old. The club is already three years old um, in January, but the actual organization will be three years old in August. And um, I'm so excited every year, uh, bigger and better. We're giving back to our NICUs, we're giving out care packages to those who reach out to us and just supporting this community any way we can. That's amazing. So let's take a moment and let's talk about infertility and pregnancy loss. Tell the people the signs. How can we prepare for like, for, especially young women and young men? Because I think people think that it can only happen to women. Women can only deal with infertility. Tell us, give us some information and some resources about infertility, pregnancy loss, and feed us some knowledge. So the thing about being a, a, a girl, a woman, is that we are trained it seems from birth yeah. um, that you meet a man, you get married, you get pregnant. That's how it goes. Nobody prepares us for what happens when it doesn't happen so easily. Um, mm-hmm. And we women, we tend to carry the brunt of that. We take the guilt of that. We automatically assume that something is wrong with us. And that's just not true. Male yeah. factor infertility is real and it is common and it is prevalent. And so I encourage anyone, young women especially, Uh, Before you get to the point where you want to have a child, make sure that you are, one, doing the bare minimum. Get those pap smears. Get those checkups. Um, You want to know what's going on with your body. But I encourage you to go even further. There's blood work that you can get and find out your ovarian reserve. Uh, Find out, you know, if your hormones are in a great place so that you know what you're working with. You don't know what you're fighting if you don't go find out. So before you get to the point of even wanting to have children, just make sure you do those checks. So that you can do your due diligence. Um, when you do find that partner, that person, 
um, that you do want to have a child with, encourage them to do the same. Um, yeah. Getting a sperm count is one of the simplest ways for men um, to find out what is going on with them. And if it's low, they can further investigate. But their process is a lot less invasive. So just encourage your partner to get checked out, make sure that he is well and that everything is good. It also helps to know your reproductive history. Mm-hmm. What did your parents go through? Did your, you know, your yeah. parents have a lot of miscarriages or issues conceiving. Those are things you want to know. And I find that parents, you know, our community doesn't talk about it a lot. Right. I didn't know how many miscarriages were had in my family until it happened to me. And yeah. then everybody came out with their stories. If I could have known that going in, you know, yeah. I would have been better equipped, you Where, know, to maybe yeah. know what I was up against. Same thing with preeclampsia. I didn't know my mother had high blood pressure having mm-hmm. me. I didn't know until it happened to me. And then she shared her story. So, you know, just knowing your your reproductive, your gynecological history um, before you have a baby is so, so important. But once you know, once yeah. you have a diagnosis, be it, um, like for me, it was unexplained infertility. They couldn't figure out why I wasn't ovulating. Yeah. I did the research first. Uh, well, I did my due diligence first. Um, after a year of not getting pregnant, um, I was 26. I was 25 when I got married. So 26, it had been like a year. Nothing was happening. I started trying to track my ovulation. And yeah. after three months, I realized I couldn't pinpoint it. I was never getting a positive test. And that's yeah. how I realized I was not ovulating. So I was able to take that information to my doctor and say, hey, this is this is what this I see. This is not happening. Yeah. Um, and they were able to run tests and take it from there. Sometimes they can pinpoint an answer. Other times they can't. Sometimes it's hormonal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard to catch it, you know, in that right moment. Just one day can throw your blood work off and they can't see what they need to see. Mm-hmm. So the best research you can do is at home, paying attention to your body, um, right. down to ladies, even your um, cervical mucus. I mean, all of that. You need to pay attention to what's going on with your body so that you can go into your doctor and tell them what's going on. Fellas, same thing for you. If you're having pains, if you're noticing that you've been with a partner, it's been a year and nothing mm-hmm. happened, or if you're over 35 and it's been six months and you're not getting pregnant, that's a sign. Go in, get checked, figure out what's going on. And once mm-hmm. you have your diagnosis, you know, you can, you know, there's so many treatment options that are available to you. Um, if you do indeed want to conceive what we call the good old fashioned way. But what I love about technology is that we don't have to settle for that. Yeah. Not only are there drugs, um, like in my situation, um, I could have taken something called Clomid to help me mm-hmm. ovulate. There's several drugs. Um, it helps to have good health insurance. Yeah. At the time, I did not. So it did not pay for fertility treatment. Yeah. Uh, by the grace of God, it happened naturally eventually. Um, but it helps to know your health insurance coverage. Yeah. You can go in, get what you need, get those fertility treatments if necessary. There's IVF, uh, there's IUI, which is basically mm-hmm. where they make the egg and sperm meat, which is a more cost-effective option for a lot of people yeah. versus the IVF pad. Um, there's so many different things that you can do to make your dream of family come true. And if physically, if it is just absolutely impossible, you'll try it or you can if you don't feel like your heart can take any more disappointment or loss, there are also the options of adoption, of surrogacy. Yeah. There's so many ways to complete a family, and I encourage everyone to do their due diligence to research and figure out what's best for you and for your partner. So 
that's great. You know, um, in my case, I have neurofibromatosis. And so I know that when I prepare, when God blesses me with my husband and we get ready to go down that route, um, that one option for us would, all, would be genetic testing. But I always said that I wanted to do that because I want to make sure that, you know, my child doesn't have the same condition that I have. You know, I know I went through a lot with pain and in school and everything with my health. So genetic testing um, is always another way, you know, to if you have other ailments, like you said, you know, you have lupus, I have neurofibromatosis. Genetic testing is an option that I would use. But I say that to say that when you were, when you found out that you were having that, um, when you got your testing and everything after the year of trying to conceive, how did you feel? Um, because I know a lot of women, you know, when we find out we have health issues, we feel scared and nervous. I know when I'm dating, I'm so afraid to tell someone about my condition because of what they'll say. How did you feel in that moment of dealing with, you know, your infertility? How did you, how were you feeling emotionally um, going through that phase? It was one of the lowest points for me um, in my adult life, especially a low point for me as a wife. Um, I felt mm, broken. I'll say broken. One of the things that really, um, I guess, stuck with me was the word broken. Like, I felt so broken. You know, we're conditioned and we're trained as women to, yeah. you know, be the ones to, you know, produce like it's supposed to be. Easy. Yeah. It's supposed to happen. And, and when it doesn't, it. you take all the blame, you know, you take the weight of that. Yeah. And so, you know, it got to the point after not just the infertility, but even when we did conceive the losses, I got to the point where I was just like, have I ruined this man's life? Like, mm -hmm. how does he feel? You know, I, he kept saying, it's okay, it'll happen, it'll happen. But I'm like, does he really feel that way? Like, yeah. I mean, I, depression set in so bad. I remember laying in the bed one night and I was just like, I love this man enough to let him go. Like, let him find somebody who can give him what he wants. Yeah. Obviously, it's not me. Like, obviously, I, I, can't, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was just a very, very, very low place. And I encourage anybody who's going through infertility to definitely get in therapy. I wish I would have done that. It would have helped yeah. me to better process um, what I was feeling. I was talking to my friends who were dealing with infertility. But at that time, most of them had defeated it. They had children, you know, and they were pregnant. And so it was just yeah. my husband and I who were still waiting out of a, a, a friend circle of six couples. We were the only ones still waiting to have a baby. And it, it was painful. It was very, very painful. I wish I would have gotten in therapy um, and really just pushed through like that. But thankfully, through much prayer, um, through my husband's reassurance, through his care, through his comfort, you know, I was able to kind of overcome that insecurity, but it, it definitely loomed like, what is wrong with me? Why am I broken? Like, yeah. did I do something wrong? You know, is this like a consequence? What is it? Um, and that's the enemy's job, uh, especially yeah. when it comes to infertility, to make you feel like you can't produce, to make you feel useless, to make you feel worthless, yeah. um, like you're not a good partner I mean, to your spouse. Yeah, um, yeah that, that's his job, but... You know, I thank God for, you know, my husband. And like I said, much prayer. I was yes. able to push through. Well, congratulations again on your two miracles. And being not just a miracle mom, but being a miracle super mom. 
I know we were trying to get this and you were like, we got to push it back. So, so I'm like, it's cool. No worries. It takes a lot being a mom. So hats off to you, you know, thank you for working with me. Um, but I saw a post and you were saying, you know, you were a mom of a two, you were like, um, would I be a mom of a 26 weeker and a 29 weeker? How did I seemingly, how did a seemingly healthy pregnancy arrive again? Why me and why now? What faith did you use during that why me moment? Because I know I've Ooh. sat at MCV hospital and I have cried my eyes out like, God, why me? I'm praying for people. Like you that you had prayed for other people. Like I had been speaking to different young people. I had, I was like, I'm doing everything right. So why me, God? What did, in that, what faith did you use during those moments? And what scriptures can you give to the people that are listening that may be dealing with your dealing with to encourage them? I have a very candid relationship with God. I don't go to God with all of the these and thou's. I like we're talking right now. Yeah. Uh -huh. How I talk with God, and I remember sitting in that hospital after you know, like in my mind with this pregnancy with my son, I set different milestones in my mind. Like, okay, if I can just get the first trimester, we're good. Okay, if I can get the twenty weeks, we're good. Okay, if I can get the twenty-four weeks, that's my ability. You yeah. know, he can be born; he'll be fine. And then I passed 26 weeks, which is when I had my daughter. So I was like, whew, okay, I can breathe. You know, yeah. we're going to make it further. Then we got to the third trimester, which was a first. And I was like, yes, we're here. We're good. Okay, let's coast. But right when I got to the third trimester is when I started having high blood pressures. Hmm. And they diagnosed me with preeclampsia. They put me on medicine. We caught it early, which was great. Yeah. Um, but I knew I wasn't going to make it full term. I didn't know just how far. Um, but I knew I wasn't. And that, that particular admission was my first admission of this pregnancy. I went in for a regular appointment. Blood pressure was sky high and my son's heart rate kept decelerating. Mm -hmm. So they admitted me and they told me then you're going to have to stay here until your son is born. And I boohooed. That also happened to be the weekend of my daughter's birthday. I got admitted the day before my daughter's fifth birthday. Yeah. We were supposed to go to Disney World. And mm -hmm. I was so guilty that my family, we weren't going to be able to enjoy that, that my daughter wasn't going to be able to go to Disney because mom is in the hospital. And I tried to talk my husband into going, just take rain, just go. I'm here. I'm yeah. fine. He's like, girl, I'm not leaving you. Go back. I'm not going to Florida. Yeah. He was like, girl, whatever. We can go to Disney whenever. Yeah. Let's make sure you're good. He's like, because if I get to Disney and they decide to take my son, I'm never going to forgive myself. It's mm -hmm. not going to happen. Um, so he was like, we're good. We'll go. She doesn't even know what's happening anyway. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but I remember sitting in that hospital like, no, God, I'm here again. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah. What, what is the, le like, I thought I passed this test already. You know, what is the lesson? What is it you want me to learn? And I remember so clearly, it was the middle of the night. I remember laying there and God so clearly said, why not you? Oh, yeah. Why not you? Uh -huh. Why not you? You've been through this before. You know what the process looks like. You educate and train and encourage women every day of your life uh -huh. through their NICU journeys, through their pregnancies, through infertility. Why wouldn't I trust you to walk this road mm. again? Yeah. So I've already given you a testimony of once coming through the NICU 
now you're going to get to show people what it's like to not only have the faith to conceive again after NICU, but how to navigate this road should you end up in NICU again. You're going to show them how to walk this path. And I'm just like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want this to. I just want a full-time baby. I just want, you know, and I after I got done with all my crime and all my fuss that I complained in, I was just like, you know what? Yes, Lord. Just yes. Because I can't control what happens anyway. So I'm just yeah. going to submit and I am going to surrender. All the things that I wanted to happen, if it doesn't happen, okay, if this is for the betterment of your kingdom, if what, what I'm going through is going to help someone, if it's going to end up being a testimony, I, I'll surrender. Yeah, I and the scripture that kept going through my mind um, was scripture, I believe it's Matthew 6 and 33. Um, we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. If I'm seeking to do your will, if I'm seeking... Mm. Um, to be your agent here in the earth and I have to surrender to what you want to happen. And as long as I surrender to that and I'm seeking to be in your will, everything yeah. that I want, everything that I need, you're going to give that to me. You're going to add yeah. that to me. It's not going to happen in my timing, but I have to trust your timing and know uh, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. We often say that and think, oh, God cares about me. No, 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 no. That scripture means cast your cares on him, hand your problems to him, Leave and it. he's gonna do the caring for you. Yeah. He's gonna work it out for you. I not just that. care about you, yeah. he's gonna do the caring in your stead. That's and right. so I had to lay it all, all of it, because I was like, okay, God, how's my husband gonna handle my daughter? If I'm in the hospital, she's in school, he's working, how is how's he gonna do it? And God yeah. said it. I got it, I got it. And what I didn't know was that the next day another doctor would come in and say hey you're doing great on this medicine i'm gonna send you home uh-huh. i just need you to come in twice a week let's do these ultrasounds make sure your baby is growing okay make sure mm-hmm. your pressure is okay and i'm gonna send you home and so mm-hmm. i ended up going home and for about two weeks i i managed well about a week and a half i was able to manage um you know like that doing the appointment it was during those ultrasounds we saw that my son was extremely growth restricted. Um, he was only in the fourth percentile, whereas in the beginning of my pregnancy, he was great. We were right on track. But that was the first sign that I had preeclampsia because it's an issue with your placenta. So he wasn't mm-hmm. getting enough blood, enough nutrients, so he wasn't growing fast. And so I knew at that point, okay, we really are not going to make it, make it full term. Ended up in the hospital. Um, Admitted blood pressure was fine. It got under control, but he kept having heart decelerations. And so mm-hmm. they were like, we need to prepare you to give birth to your son. Our NICU can't handle your son. He's going to be too small. So we need to send you to our sister hospital. It was about an hour and 15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Happens to be where I'm from in Maryland. So all of my family was there, but it was away from my family, from my yeah. husband and my daughter. And I'm like, God, how are we going to make this How's work? How's he going to tra- do this traveling? Mm. How's this going to work? And God was like, I got it. I got yeah. it. I got it. And, it's and it so happened. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What it's, it's amazing how the things that we worry about, God, is like, just chill. I got you. What, what you stressing for? Isn't I just think that's mm-hmm. so, it's so dope. We be worried about the slightest thing. And God, like, didn't I just tell you to give it to me? I got you. 
I just think that's amazing. But go ahead. I'm sorry. He knows the beginning from the end. We're the ones who are stuck in the middle trying to figure it out. He knows. He knows the end. And so what God knew and I didn't know was that I wasn't going to be in the hospital that long. What I didn't know was that my preeclampsia would progress over four days fast enough to have my son born, but slow enough for me to not end up on life support again. Mm. So my son was born at exactly 31 weeks. We were there in that hospital. And all of this experience, all the things that I went through with Rain, making great relationships in the NICU, all of that came full circle because I was able to talk to the hospital social worker and I said, hey, look, this isn't going to work for my family. This, This hour, 15 minutes is two hours with traffic one way. We can't do this every day. So what do I need to do to get my son transferred closer to home? The children's hospital here didn't have any beds, but the hospital where my daughter was I knew the administrator. I know all the NICU nurses. Yeah. So I reached out and said, hey, you know, I had my son. Da, da, da. How can I get him transferred? I said no more. And the nurses from that hospital and the social worker at the hospital where we were, everybody talked, called my insurance. The day yeah. before my baby shower, I got a call. They said my son was being packed up in the ambulance and being transferred close to the home. Mm. So God worked all of that out. But had I not had the experience with rain, I would have never known what to do. Yeah. I would have never had those connections and it would have mm. never happened. So all things do truly work together for the good of them. Yes, who ma'am. love him and who are called according to his purpose. His purpose for was for me to be a micro preemie mama so that when I had a son who was a preemie was not as premature as my daughter. But when I got caught in this situation, I would have the resources at my face. Moms wish they had the resources. Most yeah. of moms wish they had the knowledge that I have, which is why I make it my business to teach them. Yes. But all of my influence worked together for me to get my son in that hospital. And so yeah. what I couldn't see laying in the hospital at 29 weeks, was that at 31 weeks, my son was going to be born, not need oxygen support. He was going to skip all the traumatic stuff that happened to my daughter. All he would need to do was grow, eat, and gain weight. That's it. That's all my son needed to do. And he did that. In 43 days, he came home versus the three months my daughter was in. 43 days, and my son was home with us. No issues, no oxygen, no feeding tubes, perfectly healthy. Um, he's been yes. on four weeks and he's already gained three pounds. Aww. So God knew the end. He knew the end. And yes. um, that's why it pays to trust him. To trust him with all of your heart. You can't see the middle, but he sees yeah. the end. So what words of encouragement do you have for that man, that woman, that family that is dealing with infertility and trying to navigate through this journey? God knows the plan for your family. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage you, as you are seeking how to add to your family, I encourage you to first seek the Lord. Yeah, most Follow definitely. him. Um, throw yourself into the word. Um, make sure that you, you know, maintain a prayer life. Just like you talk to your peers and your friends. Mm-hmm about what you're going through. He wants that same level of communication with he people. Does. He's very God. 
absolutely question God. He can handle your questions. He can handle Mm -hmm. your anger. He can handle your disappointment. Give all of that to him. As you do that, do your due diligence on the natural side. Make sure you're getting those checkups. You don't know what you're fighting if you don't know what you're up against. Get all of the appointments. Sometimes it's tough to hear what they have to say. And so we shy away from the appointments. I encourage Mm -hmm. you, get all of the testing, figure out what is going on so you know what to pray for. You know what you're up against. Get second opinions if you're not okay with the one that you've heard. Get another opinion. That's absolutely okay. If you don't like your care team, you're not locked into it. You're not stuck. Find a care team who meets your needs, um, who hears your concerns. Um, Don't be close-minded about how God can add to your family because you never know how it's going to happen. I never thought I would be a premium mom. I never thought I'd be in the NICU. I didn't really know what the NICU was before I had my daughter. Um, But God knew. I was looking up adoption lawyers and adoption process, and God was like, you're already pregnant and you don't even know it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't I didn't seek the Lord. I was so stuck in my grief and in my trying to figure it out and how's it gonna work. God had yeah. already worked it out. He had already worked it out. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you, uh therapy as well as a great tool to help you process the different emotions, the disappointment, all of the ups and downs that come with infertility and the process, especially if you're doing IVF or IUI. There's a lot that comes with that. Um, make sure that you have great health insurance um, that will foot the bill because the last thing you want is to have a whole lot of financial stress when you're trying to grow your family. That's the last thing you want. Um, great. Some of us have great communities where we can fundraise and raise funds, but mm-hmm. honestly, nobody really wants to go that route. It's stressful. If you have insurance that can foot the bill, that's one less thing to worry about. Make sure yeah. you have people in your corner who understand the goal who are sensitive to your needs. While we were trying to conceive, my friends who got pregnant were very careful to not have certain conversations with me without asking, yeah. are you okay to talk about this today? Are yeah. you okay? Do you want to come to the baby shower? I understand if you don't. You, you know, they were sensitive to where we were in our process. Yeah. Just making sure that those around you understand. And above all, just remember, that you are not broken. You mm-hmm. are not the cause of your infertility. You didn't do anything wrong. It is not punishment. It is not a repercussion. It is just a mm-hmm. lot in the journey that God has ordained you to go through. He trusts you with this and he's going to see you through it. That's amazing. So I'm going to ask you what's one scripture that you can give the people? to read, to meditate on, to encourage them, whether it was something that you read during your journey with infertility or just something you read on a day-to-day? I'm going to say Matthew 8 and 28. But we know that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That scripture answers all of the questions. Yeah. What you don't know, what you don't know how it's going to work out, what you do know is that all things are going to work together. You know mm-hmm. that you're called according to his purpose. You know that he's going to work it out. You know that he knows the end from the beginning. And trusting him is often the only option that we had in these situations where we can't manipulate it. We can't create life. He is the giver of life. And so I encourage you to just 
trust him, to lean on him, and remember that it is all for a purpose. You've been called for this purpose to let your light shine. So trust him to get you through it. He, at my life, is a testament that he will yes. absolutely see you through it. Yes. Amen. This has been like so amazing. Is there any more information or resources or anything else you'd like to share with us to about anything, anything else you want to share that God has on your heart to share with us? I would encourage everyone to check out my website. I have a resource hub on my website. It is miraclemamas.org at the bottom of your screen. There's a tab that says resource hub and there is a tab for everyone. Um, if you are a NICU parent, um, there are tools there. If you're looking how you can get back to preemie parents, there's a tool there. Uh, preeclampsia, looking to conceive, whatever you need, there are resources on that page that can help you. There's also a blog where I feature um, infertility stories. There are stories of babies that were born at 22 weeks. Um, mm -hmm. I have so many blogs. Uh, my blog has been up for gosh, three years now. So I have stories of all kinds. If you're looking there's so many amazing stories of um, yeah, there's a there's a lot on the yeah. blog. Uh, and I have not put up a new post in a while. So it's time. Um, I'm getting ready to start season two of my podcast, the Miracle Mama Podcast, uh, where I'm going to be talking about Roman and his story. Uh, my listeners didn't even know I was pregnant. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna bring them up to speed and talk yeah. about that. But I have so many amazing stories on my podcast of different stories of faith, some who've come through infertility, um, preemie stories, um, those who are waiting to conceive their stories. There's so much there um, of amazing testimonies to listen to um, and to be encouraged. I encourage everyone, if you are looking to conceive, I encourage you to tap in with Marcia Dimes. There's a wealth of information on their website. And if you follow me on Instagram at and we shall reign, click the link in my profile. There is an advocacy toolkit. There's so many links um, in my link tree that can lead you yes. to just about anything that you want from my detailed birth story. Um, if you want to join the Miracle Mamas Club on Clubhouse, there's a link there to do that. Any way you want to connect with me, you can absolutely do it on my Instagram, which is at and we shall rank. Yes, listen, y'all. I went to her um, Instagram and clicked her link. She's literally the plug. She has everything in her link tree. So definitely connect with Miss Ebony. Miss Ebony, we thank you so very much for joining us. Happy Mama, happy Miracle Mama's anniversary and birthday. And we can't wait to see what else God is going to do for you and your family. Um, in conclusion, you told us how we can find you at and we shall reign on Instagram. We have Miracle Mama LLC on Instagram, www.miraclemama.org. But before you leave us, can you pray with us before we close? Absolutely. Amen. And thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you reaching thank out, you. Um, staying in touch, supporting our story. Um, yes, I'm glad that we met through your sister's story. Yes. Um, and I would love to be her as well, but I'm, I'm yes, so glad that we stay connected. And um, I can't wait to walk you through too when God uh, gives yeah. you to that appointed time. Um, I, I will be privileged to walk you through as well. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and pray for your viewers, uh, your listeners, anyone who is listening. It would be my pleasure. Thank you. So, Father, we thank you today for your grace, your mercy. God, we thank you for light, health, strength. God, although all may not be well, God, we know that it will be well. And so for that, God, we are grateful. 
God, I thank you for everyone who is listening under the sound of my voice who may be dealing with infertility or pregnancy loss. God, I pray, first of all, that you would send comfort, that you would send your peace. Oh, God, that you would, oh, God, allow your spirit, oh, God, a level of understanding. God, I pray that as they navigate this journey, God, that you would send supportive people in their path. Oh, God, who would help and encourage them that you would send the necessary resources, oh, God, to make the journey easy. God, I thank you for allowing them to want to even expand their family and to open their hearts. And I ask that as they walk this process that you would heal them, that you would heal all of the places that hurt. I ask that you would give them understanding, oh, God, in the midst of it all, in the midst of their anger and confusion and disappointment. Allow your spirit to comfort and envelop them as they walk the journey. God, I thank you, oh God, for this young lady who has opened her heart and her platform to share these stories. And God, I ask that you would bless her abundantly, God, that you would, oh God, attend unto every prayer of hers, even the unspoken requests, oh God, that you would tend to even that. God, I pray that she would never lack for anything, God, that this platform would prosper. Oh God, that you would give her the necessary connections and the resources, oh God, to be a blessing to those who are walking this walk. We pray for her sister, oh God, that she walks this journey to expand her family. Oh God, we pray that you would touch her, oh God, through all of the interventions. I pray, oh God, that she would never lose her faith in knowing, God, that you are well able to do that which you promised. Oh God, for those whose faith may be dwindling, I pray, God, that you would show them the miracle. Oh, God, that would allow them to believe you once more. Thank you for making our lives testimony. Thank you for trusting us, oh, God, with these walks, with these problems, with these these stories, oh, God, with these journeys. Oh, God, and we thank you for the testimonies that will come from them. God, you promised us that if we suffer, oh, God, with you, that we will reign with you. Oh, God, and we thank you, oh, God, for trusting us, oh, God, and for carrying us until the appointed time that we shall reign. And it's in your name that we pray and we say amen. Amen. Thank you again, Ms. Ebony and the Miracle Mama family for joining us. We appreciate you. As always, I'm your girl, Moo, and we have Ebony Ford. And we're tuning out. Peace. Bye, everybody.